morning and welcome to worship here at Highland Valley United Methodist Church. We are excited that you have chosen to join with us this morning, um, whether in person or those of you who are with us online, we say welcome to you. I have a few announcements to share with you this morning. The first is that when you entered, you received um, a Connect card. And if you will take a moment to fill that out so that we would know you are here this morning and might celebrate your attendance with us. There is a place as you exit for you to drop your card and your pen um, as you exit the, the sanctuary this morning. A few announcements. Um, one is that we are having a charge conference this afternoon right after this service. So you don't have to travel very far to attend the meeting. Just stay right where you are. Um, that will begin at 12 o'clock. We have a few items of business. One is that we will be recommending um, our own Sharon um, for candidacy in the um, ordination process of our church. And we also have a finance and trustees update to share with you as well. So we would invite you to stay um, for that following the service. And then second, um, we will be resuming the pastor's Bible study um, with next week on September 8th. Um, Mark and I will both be leading a study on the Sermon on the Mount, and we would love for you to join us. That will be offered in the Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. That will be in person and online. And we also are going to have another opportunity following the journey on Wednesday evenings for you to join us for that as well. And that will take place at 6.30 online and in person. But we would love for you to consider joining us as we study the Sermon on the Mount together. Um, the, I invite you, though, um, as you go through your week, on the back of your bulletin, there's many other opportunities that um, you can look at and to see if some other ways that you might connect with us um, in the weeks ahead. It's as school has started, things are picking back up, and we would love for you to find one or more ways to connect and journey with us together. As again, we say welcome to you, and as we begin this time of worship, I invite you to stand as you are able and join me in our call to worship this morning. Those who dwell in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, we say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For the Lord will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence and will cover you with his wings. Under the Lord's wings you will find refuge. God's faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. And now if you will, join our voices and our hymn of praise, Immortal and Visible.
a time of prayer, we know that there are many things on our minds and in our hearts, um, especially as we are aware of the hurricane that's moving um, and those that are in the, the path of that hurricane, we want to remember those, those in our congregation who have, have gone undergone surgery in the past few days, those who are facing times of transition and uncertainty. We share and lift up all of these prayers this morning, as well as the prayers and concerns on our hearts. I will remind you that we do have a prayer card that's out in the narthex that you're invited to pick up. Um, it's a, a place for you to share a prayer request with us um, so that we might be praying for you during the week. I mean, you can place this back in the box or in the office if you would like, um, so that we might know how we can be praying for you specifically. But do know that we do pray for you each day um, and look forward to this journey that we have together as we journey together in faith. This morning, I would like to share a prayer with you um, that's written by Dr. Kwasi Kina. And I pray that as we move into this time of prayer, that this, the words of this prayer will be as meaningful to you as they were to me this week. Let us pray. Hear our prayers, Lord. How we long to cease this struggle against each other, futile, endless, prideful struggle. Hear us over the noise of restlessness and worry. Forgive us, Lord, and hear our prayers. Even when we have run everywhere else first before turning to you, remind us that the struggle is not against blood and flesh. Remind us that the real fight is spiritual. Prepare us for the real battle. Clothe us in your armor. Teach us to pray in your spirit, to pray for each other, to pray for boldness to be what you have created us to be. Hear our prayers, Lord. And now as we join our voices in the Lord's Prayer, we invite God to again hear our prayers. As we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
This morning as we come to our time of offering, um, again, this week we're celebrating the gifts that we have received and been blessed by from within our congregation and within the community. And today I want to celebrate um, our food pantry ministry and some of the grants that we have received to benefit that work. Um, to date this year, the, um, the Highland Valley Food Pantry has received over $14,000 in funds to help feed our neighbors. 8,000 of that has come from the Arkansas Hunger Relief Alliance. And because of this ministry, so many of you are, are a part of with your labors and your sweat and energy into packing bags and providing food for those in need that we're feeding over 100 families a week. And I, I invite you to be a part of this and to come and volunteer on Wednesdays, but even to know that all you have to do is drive by the church about three o'clock on Wednesday to see the impact that this ministry is making, that the cars are lined up and people are eager and anticipating filling this need in their lives. This is such an important ministry and one that has been grown in importance as we have faced this pandemic and there's been uncertainty in finances and in jobs. But I wanted to share that with you so that we might celebrate together this great ministry and the ways that our community and the grants that we've applied for have continued to help us grow to meet this great need in our community. We celebrate that together. And now we invite you and remind you of the ways that you might also give, um, whether in person or online, um, so that we might continue to meet the needs of our community through this congregation. Let us pray. Gracious God, you are indeed gracious. And we are aware of the many ways that you bless our lives. And we celebrate the ways that we have been um, blessed so that we might continue the ministry that we have with, with you and through you. We pray that you will bless these gifts that we are sharing today so that we might continue to glorify you in all that we do. In your name we pray. Amen.
you to worship as we sing our hymn of preparation, Soldiers of Christ Arise. Will you stand as you are able? been, but it has been a, a ministry that gives many people an opportunity to experience the joy of worship that happens here at 15524 Chanel Parkway here at Highland Valley United Methodist Church. 
I was a part of a celebration of a home going of a great pastor uh, in the Pine Bluff area, and I got a chance to um, see some familiar faces, and there was a, a person in the congregation that says, I will see you on Sunday. So uh, I don't know if Sister Helen is on, but um, that's one of the good things about um, being uh, online. It gives us multiple ways to be able to share God's word and worship. Sisters and brothers, I want to encourage you to continue to pray for one another. We are often told to pray for one another if one thing may happen, but as we live this life as Christians nowadays, as we continue um, to uh, wrestle with various things that we face from day to day, just know that if there is um, not a moment that may you, maybe you have um, encountered a, a person or heard about the, someone who may have passed away from COVID, just know that various uh, individuals in the church, we pray for pastors, pastors all over this country that have had to wrestle uh, with that because um, there are, are pastors that have to hold the hands of families and be with loved ones as we continue to battle this pandemic. Uh, I, am, I am not touching politics, but I'm talking spiritual practices. Pray for one another. Pray. Pray for one another. Pray. For in that prayer, sisters and brothers, we find strength. Now this is a continuation of, of asking the question, are you dressed for the occasion? And so I recall many times, um, I, I, I'm not the most cultured and attuned person all the time. And so I'm just so thankful um, for, for a wife that, that just, you know, just kind of brings some culture into my life because in various events, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a... I'm just a Methodist preacher, but various events. You remember when people used to have events, colleges and things like that? There, there was certain attire that you had for every event. And so she has trained me, uh, well, even though we haven't had to have many opportunities to, to dress fancy lately, you know, I've always been in the habit of asking, so how shall I dress for this occasion? Because you... Uh, you, you never want to be formal at a semi-formal, and you never want to be semi-formal at a formal, whatever that means. I'm still working the language out. But in this life, the question I want us to ponder, I wanted us to ponder over the next of the past couple of weeks is, in the life that we are living, are we prepared? Are we adequately prepared to live this life as a disciple of Jesus Christ? That's the question that, that I think that is kind of the purpose of the sermon over the past couple of, couple of weeks. All of this that's going on, are we ready for it? And to be honest, it's not even about are we ready for it, but it's can we withstand it, withstand it holding on to our faith 
and continuing to trust in God. Last Sunday we talked uh, a little bit about what it meant to understand that we don't battle against people, but we battle against principalities. And Paul encourages the church in Ephesus that having doing all that you can do to stand, to stand firm therefore. He did not call them to march. He's not telling us to go forward, but he tells us to stand. The book of Ephesians is a wonderful letter if you ever want to get back in touch and in tune with the power of where God works in your heart, mind, and soul. Ephesians is where we find uh, Paul writing a letter, and at the beginning of the letter, Paul spends a lot of time talking about the power that lives within us as believers. He uses a Greek word called dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite, that we, we have that kind of uh, explosive energy living within us as believers. And as he closes the letter, he lets us know the calling to stand and by, by which, uh, what, what are some of the things that we have to help us stand in this day. So Paul, formerly known as Saul, was a Roman citizen, knows all of what it means to, to be a Roman, knows all about that culture, and he, 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 he used that in order to um, persecute the church until he had a meeting with Jesus at Damascus Road. And in that meeting, he became Paul and became a great apostle of the church. Here, he moves the church um, from the discussion on standing firm against our battles to helping us know the equipment. Hear the word of God. Yeah, I was eventually going to get to the scripture, though. So. I almost preached, to be honest. I almost, Jesse, I was about to crack out the sermon. But then the spirit said, you haven't read the scripture yet. Thank you, Holy Ghost. All right. Hear the word of the Lord. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the firing arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times, in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert. Always persevere in supplications for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness, the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly, as I must speak. This is the word of God for the people of God in the entire world. 
Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got joy like an ocean. I've got joy like an ocean. I've got joy like an ocean in my soul. I've got joy like an ocean. I've got joy like an ocean. I've got joy like an ocean in my soul. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Paul gives us the tools and the equipment by which we can stand against the day, the, the forces and the spiritual practices, the, the spiritual powers and principalities that he talked about in the previous verses. I hope that as you've kind of taken a moment to pray and be able to meditate on this word, I hope that there is one truth that is essentially clear or there is something that has been essentially clear for me. When you make one step toward God, no matter how good or great your intentions are, when you intentionally try to live closer to Jesus Christ, I'm not going to name what it is, but there is something. There is something that will always be there as you push forward, there is something there to push back. It can be an internal thing, it can be an external thing, and it doesn't even have to be something wrong with you. If you really get serious about your walk with Jesus Christ, maybe there will be something that will push back against you, or something will happen with a family member, or something will happen with a loved one, and that in turn gives you the pushback of walking with Jesus Christ. And, and, and there in turn, creates this battle between good and evil and the good we want to have in our souls and the things that push back against us. Paul gives us certain equipment and describes the, 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 the tools of, of the average soldier in his day to be an example, to be a tool for us in the spirit. Paul, first of all, begins and shares with us that as we put on the whole armor of God, that it is important that we are able to, first of all, fasten the belt of truth 
around our waist. Paul says the foundation, the very beginning, is truth. If you recall the gospel according to John, where John, um, in the it, when Jesus is brought before Pilate, as Jesus ultimately gives his life for you and I, as he is brought uh, before Pilate, there was a discussion of truth. So in John chapter 18, verses 36, Jesus answers Pilate and says, my kingdom is not from this world. For my, if my kingdom were of this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. The kingdom that Jesus speaks of is the kingdom of the spirit. And Pilate answered him and said, so you are a king. And Jesus answered and said, you say that I am a king. And listen to the words of Jesus. Hear all the purpose and strength in which he speaks. He says, for this, re for this reason, I was born. And for this, I have come to the world to testify to the truth. And everyone who belongs to the truth hears my voice. So the very beginning, it all begins with truth. I, I put on a belt this morning in order to surround myself and gird myself from having, as we used to say in the country, saggy britches. <laughs> Some of y'all grew up in South Arkansas, you don't know what saggy britches are. Or North Arkansas, or just Arkansas in general. I won't be biased. But just as a belt girds, a soldier girds us today, Paul tells us that we must be girded in truth. We must be girded in the truth that we serve a triune God, a God that created all of creation and you and I, and in the fullness of time, that same God sent his Holy Son, Jesus, to redeem us from sin. And then as Jesus gave his life and went back to God, he then imparted with us the Holy Spirit to sustain us as we walk. This truth is the foundation in which we live and breathe every day. Paul says that we are to gird ourselves in that truth. And the truth is, is that we do serve a risen savior that is in the world today. But not only should we wear a, bill, a, a, a belt of truth, but he also speaks of a breastplate of righteousness. So I've kind of, I mean, I used to think that I loved history, 
But with technology and podcasts and the whole history channel, um, I know I know a lot of people that really, 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 really love history. I mean, they, they have no other channel but the history channel. They have no other podcast but everything uh, uh, about history. So I, I'm going to say that I like history. But in preparation for this sermon, I took a long time looking at, at, at kind of the history of, 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 of Roman um, military skills and, and, and their attire in which they wore. Now, in the Roman Empire, they initially had uh, a lot of a metal that was like a chain that would be, be used in, in order to fortify uh, the sol their soldiers. But as they discovered, as they began to fight with people that would shoot arrows, because of these chain links, that would not be enough to protect them from fiery arrows or swords. So in the Roman Empire, they created what was called breastplates, which is a series of metal plates that would go down the arm and would cover the vital organs. I'll say it one more time. It covers the vital organs. And Paul calls it the breastplate of righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness is living in right relationship with Jesus Christ. And in living in right relationship with Jesus Christ, it creates certain kind of actions and things that we do. We pray for one another. That is an act of righteousness. For, for all of us Wesleyan geeks and Methodist geeks, Paul, uh, 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 John Wesley talked about acts of piety and acts of mercy. And in doing these various actions, it draws us closer to Jesus Christ. That's the breastplate of righteousness. It covers your vital organs. It covers your heart. It covers your soul. So righteousness operates in the same way for the believer. He says the breastplate of righteousness, and not only is it the breastplate of righteousness, he says we gotta have our shoes. The shoes on that we put on will make you ready to proclaim a gospel of peace. When I was younger, I could just buy shoes, put them on, and then just go about my day until they get tired, and then I go get some more shoes, wear those out, and, and, and then get some more shoes. But I just turned 49 this week. And with my age, I can't just pick up anybody in everybody's shoe and put it on because I'm approaching 50. And when you approach 50, you can't just slip on the shoe, the, the, the Air Jordans and the Nikes and the CrossFit shoes that you used to wear. Now, as you get a little older, you need specialized <laughs> shoes. Can I get a witness? <laughs> little things like arch support <laughs> make me shout hallelujah. <laughs> and I feel a little something supporting my arch. I've learned in life, shoes are important. 
important. Art support is important. That also, as you get older, fashion is not so important when you wear shoes. Because the art support and all of those other things don't come in the funny, hip colors that I used to wear when I was in school. Very, very. One day I pray for the day that art support and fashion will come together. Because I'm still young at heart. But I would rather take the art support than look cute any day. So. Jesus, Paul says to the church, put on your shoes so that you may be able to proclaim the gospel of peace. He tells us to put on shoes to help us to proclaim the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace is counter to a world of anxiety. If we're not too careful, before we pour our coffee or our tea, we can all we can get in the habit of pouring a hot, steaming cup of anxiety each and every day. If we're not careful, if if if, if we're not prepared for this battle, we can wake up, drink anxiety in the morning, have it for lunch breakfast and dinner, when Paul is telling us to have a gospel, to understand a gospel of peace. For me personally, I've learned just the first part of the prayer of St. Francis. I wake up every day and I say, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. And I just stop right there. Because I can't even get to the where there's hate, let me show love. I can't even get all there. I just need to go to step one. Lord, just today, make me an instrument of your peace. The calling of God's word for us today is that we should be driven by peace and not by anxiety. It doesn't matter if we know what's coming next. God's word says that it's a gospel of peace. And Jesus told us not to worry. So wear shoes of the gospel of peace. But then as I prepare to close, he speaks of having a shield of faith that is able to quench the fiery arrows of the evil one. Now, th th this, is, this is what made the, the Roman Empire so dangerous is because while others had shields that maybe covered their arms that they would use to be able to fight fiery darts, the Roman Empire implemented body level shields body level shields that they could lift up for arrows, but that would be able to protect the entire soldier. 
Here Paul says, our shield is faith. Faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, that's our shield. That's what we block with. That's what we even fight with. But what was interesting about the Roman Empire, they would get soldiers together in groups of four. And there would be the first four soldiers that would go and keep their shields up. Then there would be four soldiers behind them lifting their shields up to protect, protect everybody from what may come from above. And then there are four that would be at the rear flank so that they would be protected at their rear. Faith is not developed by yourself. Faith is developed in these battles through community, through worship, through Sunday school, through Bible study, through personal prayer, and through praying for others. Because what they called it, it was, they called it the tortoise technique. Well, it didn't matter how fast they were going. They were protected on every hand. You see the implication? Let me say it one more time. It didn't matter how fast they were going, but they were protected on every flank. In this time of quick fixes and jiffy pop three-point sermons, 12 steps to do this, 15 steps to do the other, we need to know that the shield of faith is something that's not only good for us individually, but sometimes we have to get together in order to nurture and protect one another. It is in the, it is the foundation of the church that we are called to march together in this, in, in this battle with our shield of faith going before us. But the only offensive weapon, only offensive weapon that, that Paul lifts up is the sword of the spirit. Paul speaks of swords many times, but we need to understand it's not a big old knights of the round table hacking kind of sword. The kind of soldiers that the Roman Empire had, that they would use the shield to protect them, but the sword was more of like a scalpel. It was double-edged. It was able not to just be hacked all over everywhere, but the spirit was able to direct them and guide them and give them discernment. All of this, brothers and sisters, is the gift of saying yes to Jesus Christ. All of this equipment, all of this armor gives us life. And as Jesus said in John 10 and 10, he came that we may have life 
and have it in its fullness. The calling of our life is not to live defeated, but to live in victory. The calling of our life is not to live in anxiety and stress, but it is to live in the peace and the relating and knowing and living out God's word. I heard an old, old story, how a savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. And then one day he came and brought to me the victory. So can we stand as victorious living believers? Can we stand and sing that in the midst of this struggle and this fight that we have the victory in Jesus? Would you stand and sing that with me as we sing, oh victory in Jesus, my savior forever.
Amen, church. Yes, uh, I called an audible. Uh, uh, instead of doing our affirmation of faith as response to the word, I want you to go out there and live it. I want you to go out there and live it. Go live in peace. Go live in truth. Um, go from this place knowing that God goes with you and in this battle that we fight each and every day, know that Jesus has given us all that we need so that we may live in victory, not defeat, not anxiety. So go from this place. Except those of you that are officers, we're going to need you to come right here for charge. <laughs> Later, later. If you're an officer, come this way. If you're not, go out in, in victory and we'll shake hands next week. Go from this place and live in the victorious life that Jesus has made for all of us. Go in peace.